The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Good morning, Matt Walbin. Hey, who the fuck takes two weeks off in the middle of the season? What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not taking any time off. I just, I think we just kind of said fuck the show for a couple of weeks um, more than anything. You, you know, we got other things to do. But, uh, you know, we, you know, I do appreciate the fact that people were saying, hey, where'd it go? Like, fuck this time off, you know, keep going. So with that in mind, Ben Volan, he, <clears throat> he had this thought on Twitter that the conference championships with Purdy, with Hertz, with Burrow, that they're an argument that you don't really need a high-paid quarterback, insert Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're not even an argument. They're evidence. I'm feeling that totally. And we can go all the way back to a Seattle Seahawks team that spent big money on Matt Flynn based on a very thin body of work uh, to bring him in to be their de facto starter and drafted a kid named Russell Wilson. Uh, and the next thing you know, there's a competition. The next thing you know, Russell Wilson is their starting quarterback. The next thing you know, they're winning Super Bowl. So um i think this is a blueprint i think this is the way to do it i you know i i get how markets work and that at some point you're gonna have to pay for a quarterback there is only like seven quarterbacks in a world that needs 32 okay uh so you know the the economics are driven by that that scarcity of high-end players but but i think what we've seen demonstrated time and time again is the teams that are able to build around a young quarterback or at least a quarterback on his rookie contract or <clears throat> they have a chance to build that super high-end talent around them that is what seems to me to lead to Super Bowls more so than the big-money quarterbacks. Yeah, I think if the argument is is that you don't need a high-paid quarterback in the sense that um, that you can find a quarterback who's worthy of being highly paid and you don't pay him that because how you discovered him or how you were able to land him, absolutely. But, you know, when I think of it as in... Trent Dilfer, how many Trent Dilfers were there? Guys who were established quarterbacks who who haven't who've played out their rookie contracts and are now considered journeymen's making the Super Bowl. And right. then that's where I that's where I would go and say, listen, yeah, you don't need a high paid quarterback. You need a you need a quarterback whose talent is commensurate with being highly paid and you get you got the bargain. But in but otherwise, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and um tell me that like oh let's let's think of somebody real quick let zach wilson that you don't you could win with zach wilson you know he's gonna be on a second contract soon enough you right. know you know no right so i agree i agree with that i just think that you know it's an ideal for you know i i think it's proven to be a worthwhile endeavor but but you have to have that right young quarterback right i mean who knew that brock purdy was that young quarterback until brock purdy was that young quarterback so I think that's part of it, right? I didn't like we can say the same thing, Russell Wilson. I can remember, you know, when he came into training camp, no one expected him to, you know, immediately compete for the starting role and yeah. and play as well as he did. So uh, there's something to be said for you know uh, players making the most of their opportunities. Well, speaking of you know making the most of their opportunities, it seems like Daniel Jones started to make the most of his opportunities. So, is how are you feeling about him being worth forty million a year? <clears throat> 
I'm feeling it. That's what he's going to be worth. Whether, you know, I know uh, Ralph Bacchiano at uh, Fox Sports put that out there that, you know, that it's not crazy to believe he's going to get 40 million a year. I think, you know, for me, Daniel Jones, and we've kind of gone back and forth. I feel him more than you do. Um, but I think you've come off, fuck him. Yeah. I think you're off that. But, you know, yeah. still some questions to be answered. But I think that's probably where he is at, you know, more so than feeling him is like I, I feel the potential there. Uh, but it doesn't matter what I feel. It clearly matters what Brian Dable feels. And I think Brian Dable has demonstrated. Although I thought his comments, you know, after the final loss were interesting. He was a little less, you know, uh, complimentary or at least uh, is confident about the future with Daniel Jones. But maybe that's just the moment yeah. of a tough loss. I think afterwards, Daniel Jones, the things he said, the things Joe Shane said, uh, the GM there, you know, lead me to believe that they are going to keep him around. I can see, you know, he seems like a guy you want to give like that three-year contract, gives him a chance to, you know, get the big money contract if he really proves himself. And if that was like $30 million a year or in that 30 to $40 million range, that seems like it'd be really plenty reasonable. Uh, you know, they could transition tag him. I think the transition tag they're saying is going to be worth about $32 million this year. No one's going to give up two first-round picks and pay Daniel Jones to get Daniel Jones. I think they could get away with that. But either way, I think about the longer-term deal is in their best interest, and I suspect they'll get it done. Yeah, and one to three years, $40 million isn't going to sound like a lot of money um, anyway. Not anymore. Because guys who are at the top of the market are always not at the top of the market very long after. And I would say Daniel Jones would be absolutely just fucking nuts to try and go somewhere else, even <clears throat> if he gets lowballed a little bit in New York. Yep. Um, because if he goes somewhere else, yeah, I'm not feeling it. But I think that the, the right. next steps for him this is the chance to step into that point where you, you can say you know what he's worked into his he, he's worked his way into becoming <clears throat> a good nfl starter and i would say that he has had um good moments as an nfl starter he has gotten better as an nfl starter um he's on his way to being good as an nfl starter but we need another season out of this right. guy you, you know if we're gonna if we're gonna go from that standpoint or at least i, I do you we'll know. find out if my confidence that brian dable is the guy to get him there uh, plays out as well i mean i yeah. think that's part of it for me as much as daniel jones we've seen what his abilities and capabilities are uh, we've also seen the limitations you know yeah. that come with his game and and i'm pretty sure brian dable smoothed out some of the limitations yeah. in my mind so uh, he can probably smooth yeah. out some more when he gets a little more time. Yeah, he's always been an NFL caliber quarterback. It's just whether he would be a good starter. I think that's the big thing with him. So Aaron Rodgers, we knew he was a good starter. Are you feeling the Packers really are truly going to move on <clears throat> from Aaron Rodgers? Yes, they're trying to figure this out. I feel that a hundred percent. I, you know, just based on what you know, we had a report over the weekend that, that their preference. I think Adam Schefter reported their preference is to move on from him and. uh and I guess the Jets is the the landing spot there for ex Packer quarterbacks who have worn out their welcome in Green Bay. So, uh, so that, you know, the table's obviously set there. Maybe that's our you know projecting everywhere Nathaniel Hackett goes. Uh, Green Bay quarterbacks are supposed to fall. It didn't happen in Denver. Maybe it'll happen in New York with the Jets or somewhere though. Um, and I do think that the the time has come. Uh, it seems like everyone's kind of worn out their welcomes with each other and probably happy to move on yeah i agree i think that i think it's been i think it's been a great run for him and you know whatever you think of him off the field i really just don't care i just care about what they do on the field um when it comes to the analysis part of it i don't like to throw in my personal feelings about a guy one way or the other because i'm sure daniel jones is a perfectly nice guy he's probably perfectly lovely but i you know 
but I, I've never really been a big fan of his. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't know what he's like off the field, but I do know that, uh, you know, he can still play. So, and, and some team is going to be thrilled to get him and he's going to be over scrutinized and he'll be used to the over scrutinized things. And that'll allow some of the younger guys to maybe slip below the radar a little bit so that you can take heat off of them. Cause you know, all the gray beards at the at the food trough with their typewriter with their uh, keyboards will be uh, focused on asking Aaron Rodgers idiotic questions because that's what they do. Yeah, man. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Now is he a top five fantasy asset? Are you feeling I th- that? I I feel that he I feel he probably merits that right. You know, we'll, there's a lot. Of, we probably don't have enough information to to make this date this you know with great certainty, but. I think his skills are still there. This seemed like to be a little bit of an outlier year for me. I would expect the volume to be there. I'm still chasing volume. That said, I might not be drafting running backs in that top five range at that point in the top five range. Uh, I'll probably be looking more at receiving assets at that point, you know, outside the top one, two picks. And maybe, maybe, you know, the way it plays out, maybe I'm more interested in receivers earlier. So, I mean, I think it just depends on how drafts play out. The ankle surgery Probably a good thing he had over uh, last week, apparently last Wednesday, just a cleanup procedure, probably much needed. And uh, it sounded like from his comments, it was something that, you know, they found a lot of junk in there basically over the course of time. And I know up until this year, he had not missed even a practice. I talked to him a couple of years ago, and that was a great point of pride for him when, you know, people, when I asked him about, you know, people wonder about the heavy workload in college, et cetera. I said, hell, that's what I'm built for. That's what I do. And I, you know, he made it clear he didn't never miss a practice that changed this year um and you know maybe you're a little concerned about chronic issues with injuries i don't think he's there yet in my mind and i have i don't worry so much about injuries until unless it's a chronic situation so i may take some chances but i'm hoping to get a discount yeah someone dents that can and if the if your league starts denting that can called jonathan taylor you pick that dented can up because that is definitely feel that yeah i am totally feeling that and i'd love to be michael scott in this particular case and try and put my foot in the ultrasound um so that maybe i could uh maybe they can clean out some of my ankle too Um, i feel like i'm at a disadvantage for not watching television shows every time i hear some arcane reference to show that i've never watched i know but i've been telling you to watch the office for years now but right i gotta get through seinfeld first i'm told i don't know you can skip listen i grew up on seinfeld you can skip that the office is better i skipped all of it yeah there you go that's great so dolphins being all in on tua tagovailoa how do you feel about that? And I are they really? Have I missed I, that while I'm studying I, rookies? They, they they are. They have made it clear that you know the recent reporting this weekend was they won't pursue Tom Brady because, for one thing, you know they don't want to pursue Tom Brady and maybe a little history there they don't want to bring back up. But also because they're all in on Tua, uh, and that's something Chris Greer talked about. Uh, you know, at the, their season-ending press conference was basically they have a great deal of confidence. I will note Tua is not going to play in the pro, whatever they call the thing they're playing this week, uh, because he's still in the concussion protocol. Um, Look, I'm not, you know, I'm not the doctor. I don't know everything that's going on here. I do know I, it's, you know, as I've covered this game, it's hard to remember players who remained in the concussion protocol this long, who, you know, usually they just went away, right? (laughs) So uh, he's apparently not going away. And so they have a lot of confidence in him, or so they say. Um, I'm like, are they though? I mean, uh, can they? Uh, this is this is a going to be a complicated question. So I don't want to. I don't want to either feel it or fuck it. I want to just kind of say, man, they're in a bad spot right now because not just because of his 
personal health and future, all these things are very important. They're also a big business and they have to figure out how to have a quarterback. And can you go into a season with a quarterback? You know, look, the attention this situation draws is part of this situation, right? So every time he goes down and, and we saw it with Josh Johnson yesterday, you know, the head bounces off the ground players. It happens every single game, right? Can you, you know, is that how you go in with your franchise quarterback? I have like serious questions about this. I thought he played great. I thought he had lived up to expectations when he was on the field. And I think if this is going to be an issue that the Dolphins are going to have to deal with, I wonder if that's something they actually want to deal with their comments uh, to the contrary, notwithstanding. Yeah, I, listen, as an evaluator, I'm totally feeling this because I think that's code for saying we're comfortable with Skylar Thompson. Maybe with another <laughs> year, um, we're, we may see a big difference in what he did because <clears> considering <throat> how well he played in the circumstances, I know not for fans, maybe not for fantasy players, um, but when you actually just watch the tape, there was a lot to be impressed about by Skylar Thompson and some of the things that he could do that are hard to teach. The things that could be taught and with more reps and with more time, which he didn't really have a lot of as a rookie facing Buffalo's defense and a, a kind of a craptastic um, pa pass protection. Well, you know, you, you got what you got statistically. But he, his, you know, the Buffalo game, those receivers let him down. So I think there's a, I think when I look at this as a dynasty player, I say get Skylar Thompson cheap and just hold on to him on your practice squad if you allow two years. <clears throat> If you're in a deep deep league you should probably just sit on the guy because he's going to get his opportunity sadly uh, you know because of Tua Tagovailoa and what's going on with him and you wish him the best when and like you said I agree with everything you said about Tagovailoa it's like um when he's on the field it's good now there are some limitations with him in terms of certain types of throws that he can make um and he doesn't have the confidence to even try and target some of those and there were teams that were able to stop him like the 49ers um in terms of how they how they provided coverage so that he had to throw outside the, the hash or outside the numbers, and he wasn't confident in doing that. Skylar Thompson has their arm to be able to do that. It's just a Fuck matter that. Of... He plays with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's all you need to know, people. Yeah. And also, yeah. as a uh, regular customer of the rookie scouting portfolio, I already have my shares of Skylar Thompson because he was highly featured last year. See, there you go. And and that's and you know you can get the You're RSP welcome. at mattwaldman.com for twenty one ninety five. It will be in its eighteenth year. You um, get a pre draft and post draft. Get a newsletter that comes with it June through December. Um, and as my buddy Alex Brown, SMU's. Uh, um, director of recruiting would tell you it is one of the two most purchased independent draft guides that are available on the market and and one written by a fantasy veteran who who used to be just excited by the sheer fact that his clear highlight was getting to write for a magazine that Bob Harris <laughs> edited so yeah I know <laughs> what's wrong with him but there we go um, let's talk about well Tyreek Hill his dynasty value are, are you feeling <clears throat> that considering everything we just said Right. I, so I, I kind of wasn't. So, uh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to bring this topic up because I talked to Mike Biella from Dynasty League Football. He's a sharp cookie, works for Trophy Smack as well. And he, you know, I kind of was maybe like, I'm a little worried about the futures of these guys. Uh, he allayed my concerns with some common sense. Listen, Tyreek Hill is very good, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's a standout player. And there's a point where you just bet on talent, right? Over, and again, the age isn't, you know, we're not to the point where the age should be a concern for Tyreek Hill. I mean, have I seen him, you know, nicked up at times and step slow? Maybe, but most, most times I've seen him about five steps faster than whoever is around him. 
And uh, so I think people, so here's the thing though. I think this is something that we mentioned already uh, with Jonathan Taylor. If people maybe have those concerns, because what do we do as fantasy managers? We overblow all our concerns, right? Everything we think, I mean, there's a reason why DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were going, you know, five rounds later than they should have last year because we were concerned they wouldn't have a quarterback. Well, they did have a quarterback, and it turns out, you know, even not the greatest quarterbacks. In this case, you know, Smith was better than they expected. But those are the situations where we kind of overblow these things in our mind and think, wow, this guy can, you know, can't do a damn thing. He's going to have an issue at quarterback. I just don't want to deal with it. Deal with it. Tyreek Hill's very good. So, listen, I'm, you know, I'm working 1 a.m. till 5 p.m. basically these days as I'm as I'm working on stuff and I'm upside down. But when you said that you, you relayed and really you summarized the conversation you had, um, you, you know, but part of me was looking around because I was looking for the bong that you two hit. You, you know, when you have that question. And then I looked above you and I see this teapot that's got both uh, ends. And I wondered so if that might be helpful. I'll tell you what brought that. it up. I'll tell you what brought it up was okay. I was just, you know, looking at the Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings, their dynasty rankings, Jalen Waddles uh, over Tyreek Hill. And, uh-huh. and so, you know, that was, that's what brought the conversation up. And, and, and just like, and, and so Mike, for the record, is not, yeah, he's, in, he's into Tyreek more so than Waddle. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's a fair debate, but but I do think that it's easy for people to get you know caught up in the moment. And I think maybe Waddle's value takes a hit as well if there are questions yeah. about the quarterback. Right. I mean, just I think people, com- you know, overplay these issues at quarterback when it comes to these super high end yeah. talents. And and that was, uh, I think, the point of the conversation was not to let that scare you away from super talented players. No, but I think that's awesome. And I think it's an awesome point. And and I, I would say at best. Or at worst, I would have them close to even and near the top of my board and in my yep. top tier. So or they should be. Yeah, exactly. Brock Purdy as the 49ers 2023 starter, at least before we heard of the ulnar injury, you know, that he played through, that he had to play through. So let's do this as a 2 4. Two okay. Four. First, let's address the injury. Like, what do you think about their decision to have to trot him back out there? Because all I saw were WWE memes of people re- wheeling somebody out in a wheelchair onto a stage. I don't know what you know what the the choice was. Once Josh Johnson went down, I, you know Christian McCaffrey was clearly in line to be and and Kyle Uzcheck were kind of next men up as the emergency quarterbacks. And I mean, you know. I don't know if that wouldn't have been a better approach, honestly. I mean, Option. did it t- wishbone? Did it t- did it take long for the defense to figure out that that uh, young Brock Purdy wasn't going to be throwing any big passes, right? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I you know I'm like not necessarily feeling it, but I don't know how much you know I don't know how much choice they had. At least it gave them uh, the ability to run some of their standard offense, at least or rushing portion of that offense, uh, and uh, maybe they maybe a more creative approach using more of the uh, running backs and a little more Debo Samuel might have been beneficial. But at that point, I don't know that it really mattered. They were. You know, there are some there are some games you're not destined to win. That was yeah. a game that yeah. they weren't we're destined done. to win. Yeah. But going forward, uh, um, Brock Purdy is the starter. Let's say this is like just a strain or something not severe, not a ruptured tendon, and you know he's six weeks. He's Brock Purdy again. Uh, the 49ers are in an ideal situation, right? They have two young quarterbacks, as we mentioned, on these young these contracts. They'll have, I think, a grand total of under still under 10 million. In total, in contracts to their quarterbacks heading into this season, that's a good spot to be in. Whether they believe it's going to be, you know, Trey Lance, I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Brock Purdy. I think he came in and demonstrated everything Kyle Shanahan wants the quarterback to demonstrate. And by that, I mean do your fucking job. 
do what he tells you. Don't get too fancy. Be an Don't extension make a lot of, of me. Right, yes. right, right, right. And so right. I think that gives him the edge. Look, we haven't seen a lot of Trey Lance. There's a lot of people think, oh, they're going to have to trade him. No, they don't. They can afford to keep both these guys. It turns out San Francisco is a good idea to have as many quarterbacks as you can. Yeah, I think those are great points, and I would agree with all of that. I mean, and I think that, you know, part of the thing is is that nobody wants to be cold about, well, why not have a Mr. Irrelevant seventh-round pick play through an injury if you, that's what you have to do? And if you waste his career by doing this in one of the most important games um, – that that you might have in the next three years um then you do it and you know i know there were a lot of coach coach twitter was basically well you know we could spend five minutes just doing some sort of option thing it could, they could just reroute this and redo this and i'm going that's great so now you're going to have more offensive line issues you're going to have your now you're going to have the star running back that you um, have working in a situation that he's not familiar with, which means that he's going to be overthinking things and likely to take hits or get injured in a way that is going to cost you more. So what's worse, Brock Purdy having a career-ender in injury or or Christian McCaffrey having a career-ending injury? I would argue by a mile, Christian McCaffrey, as much as that so we like. what fucking cynical. Look at you. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, You're right. you know. This You're worse than me, and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. So to me, it makes total sense that they did what they did, and it's you know it's unfortunate, but but hopefully he'll be okay. They say it seems to be that they think that he'll be ready to throw by spring. So right. that's like a strain and not a ruptured ligament. So yeah. So no so Tommy MRI, John. MRI coming today. Yeah. So we'll, we'll know more by the end of the day. We'll hope for the best on that. So what about Isaiah Pacheco? Is he the running back one? in Kansas City next year and a clear fantasy leader from the camp for the Chiefs backfield. Are you feeling that or are you feeling a draft? I'm feeling that kind of a little bit, but the draft will be telling, right? I mean, yeah. in all the drafts leading, all the drafts I take part in, and I will be in a lot of them, I'm doing my first mock tonight uh, on the air. So people listen to that on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, uh, but uh, 10 p.m. Uh, but the uh, but yeah, I I kind of I mean that's going to be my default position until it's not, yeah. and I think he's I think he's earned that respect. Whether you know, but but I'm going to assume it's a similar role, like uh, you know, whether it's Jarek McKinnon or somebody else, there are going to be other pieces there, uh, and that are going to cut into his workload, and he's going to get some opportunities, but it's not going to be that true you know featured back. But I don't know that there's a lot of those true featured backs, hence. Jonathan Taylor remains a top five asset because he is still one of those guys. I mean, I think that's that's the thing here with teams kind of moving away from that, you know, one back that I am familiar with from my early days of fantasy football in 1986. When, you know, I mean, you know, that 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 era seems to be over. Teams are you know definitely mixing it up at running back. I think, you know, if you can get a guy like him who has that high-end capability in a high-end offense, you'd be doing fine. Just don't overpay for it. 1986, I was driving around a Toyota Corolla listening to 5150 um, with with a friend of mine. Yeah, just at, just getting my license. So, but I'll say this. the I feel a draft. I don't feel as a, a heavy draft. I feel kind of a moderate to light draft. So I, there's going to be someone in camp that they'll compete with with that. Sure. Um, the fact that Pacheco got the receptions that he did last night 
is a telling thing because he was always a good receiver. The fact that they're starting to trust him more in that capacity means that he's at least locked down that role. I still think that there's a little ways to go with him as a runner, um, more as a decision maker than it is. And I, I haven't seen the level of power other than some isolated instances um, that were that I thought, yeah, that's what you need to see from a lead back. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of that last year. So maybe the, the thing is, is the doors open, especially if like, say, a kid like Zach Evans out of TCU, who I think has the potential to be one of the best running backs in this class, um, drops because of off-field type of stuff or maturity questions or whatever it is, um, or that he didn't, he didn't get to be the man at Ole Miss this year. If that happens and he winds up on a team like the Chiefs, then, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco might wind up being like the minor role of Jarek McKinnon to a guy like Zach Evans. But until that happens, I would I agree with you. Take the position of Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco as the RB1 in Kansas City. Now, Travis Kelsey, is he a top five fantasy asset or are you qualifying this to, to a specific rule set? Not qualifying this. He's the number one pick overall in your draft. Uh, no, uh, but he will be. I will draft him number one overall. My radio co-host, Mike Dempsey on Sirius, is uh, making a strong argument, I think, for drafting him number one overall. Look, if your goal is leverage over the field, uh, Travis Kelsey still gives you that. This year, he gave you that and a half, yeah. right, <laughs> per game. Uh, that's a big deal. That's why I draft Christian McCaffrey. He will give you player and a half value at his position. Uh, if Travis Kelsey is giving you that, I think you can make the argument. Look, this is not daily fantasy football, but it's, in season long, the objective is winning your positional battles each and every week. Uh, that's part of the way you win games. Travis Kelsey lets you do that like no other player in his position, and it's not even close. Hey, listen, if you think for yourself and you draft and you do a good job preparing for the rest of your draft as much as you may <clears> spend <throat> listening to guys like us, about us stuff, guys. you know, yeah, exactly, then I would totally agree with that idea. But if you're thinking this is the magic formula and you don't really do your research for anything else, then fuck that idea because, um, you know, you're likely to see that tank. But no, honestly, I'm I'm with you. I mean, listen, I have Travis Kelsey in every 1.5 PPR dynasty league that I'm oh, in. Oh, sure. And it's it's a, it's a been a lovely thing for the past seven years. So yeah, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. But, it, but I'll, I'll just, you know, I think the, the, if you're concerned about Travis Kelsey falling, you know, suddenly off the cliff, I mean, I... I have those fears too, and I'll probably act on them as soon as I see some signs of it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen, we've seen no seen no sign of it yet. And, no. and Patrick Mahomes is going to be very good for a little while. I, I'm I'm going to just go ahead and yeah. go out on that limit as well. All so right, rookie scouting yeah. portfolio guy. But wait, let's, old. Let's just say this: old old tight ends who have been elite die a slow death. Tony T Gonzalez would agree. Antonio with that. Gates. You yeah, know? Antonio Gates. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So okay, go ahead. All right, so uh, this is uh, let's go to the rookie scouting portfolio portion of this program. I'm feeling <laughs> that. Uh, I'm feeling that. So, Bijan Robinson, uh, 101 in Dynasty, yay or nay? Yeah, he's a yay at this point. I, I don't think there's going to be anything to change that. Is he the next coming of the the great running back? I think he, I think he's going to be a good running back in the league which means that he has a chance to be a top 10 guy, maybe even a top five guy, depending on where he lands. But um, don't go crazy that you have to sell the farm to get 1.01 <clears throat> or else that you didn't have a good draft. Right. So related question, uh, are you feeling or not? Uh, CBS Sports has Jameer Gibbs ranked ahead of Bijan Robinson. Oh, I'm fuck that. Fuck ah. that. 
<laughs> fuck that. Um, the if and I would imagine too. Let me guess. Did they mention Alvin Kamara somewhere in their description? Because if they did, or somebody, if you're, let me just put it this way: Jameer Gibbs and Alvin Kamara should only be mentioned in the same sentence when I mention it in the sense that they both had played in the Atlanta area at some point during their careers before they became pros. That's about the most you can link with them, other than that they can catch the ball. Alvin Kamara is a special running back when it comes to contact balance. Jameer Gibbs is not. Jameer Gibbs is a good prospect. Now, you want to say DeAndre Swift? Okay. I, I could somewhere between Justin Jackson and De DeAndre Swift. I'm feeling that. Y you know, Alvin Kamara, fuck that. 1.1 over, one over Bijan Robinson. Please, please enlist your... And listen, we've all been there. I'm sure that there were people saying, please ha have your friends buy the RSP for Hakeem Butler. You, you know, for for 1.0, you know, as as the top guy at the wide receiver board. And I look, I own that. That's fine. You know, it work. It is what it is. But I would say, yeah, you want your friends reading that. You want you you want your competition reading that and buying into Jameer Gibbs. Hmm, interesting. I I remember. I'm old enough to remember when the rookie scouting portfolio had Nick Chubb ahead of Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I heard about that. Point. Up yeah. to this point, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, let's say Deuce Vaughn is like the kid at the fair. Uh, you know, he's got to be a certain size to get on the ride. He didn't make it up very high in the CBS sports ride. Where is he uh, ending up in your sports ride? I think he, I think he basically ducked under the, he ducked under the uh, attendant and got onto the roller coaster, and 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 rode it multiple times without a problem. Um, I do think that he has a chance to be an exception to the rule. Um, you know, because his size is a big question mark. I'm waiting for the combine really to confirm some things, um, mainly because it's not that I want to see a time and go, oh, that's good enough. What I really want to see is the time, go back and watch the tape and see if I can logically pair the two things that I'm seeing. Because sometimes there's players who have fast combines and then you watch them on tape and you're like, they don't use their speed and quickness to the level that, that their time shows and then sometimes you'll or it'll be the opposite and so you want to kind of see some things match up but he's a guy that's going to be very he's kind of a fit-based player but it but when you look at his actual skills his skills in terms of running between the tackles there's a lot of christian mccaffrey to how he makes decisions and how he works in tight tight creases so i want to feel it and right now if you had to if the answer had to be something, it would be I'm feeling it right now. Hmm. Michael Mayer as tight end one. Feel it or fuck it? Fuck it. Fuck oh. it. Fuck it. No, I, I, I'm I feeling it okay. I think that if I'm not going to argue with anybody <clears throat> who who does go with that, but I do think that Dalton Kincaid, um, you know, if you're looking at Strictly what you're going to look get from a receiver. Dalton Kincaid is more explosive. I think he's better at the catch point. Um, I think he's a more intriguing player after the catch. Um, and I think his ability to block may not, obviously may not be as good as Michael Mayer, but it's not going to be so bad that's going to hold him back for a long period of time. And any team that gets um, Dalton Kincaid is, is going to be thrilled with what they can get out of him as a receiver. And after the catch, there is some, there is some tra I scout Travis Kelsey and like Travis Kelsey a lot. There is some Travis Kelsey to this guy. I would agree that 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 is probably going to be the proper proper stylistic comp 
for Dalton Kincaid. So yeah, Michael Mayer, top three tight end easily. Um, number one, you can make an argument against him, and I, I'm probably going to do that. Dalton Kincaid, no uh, relation to Reuben Kincaid, uh, manager of the Partridge family, which tells you the last time I watched television. Um, <laughs> there you have it. So here we go. Here we go. Let's uh, let's do something controversial. Um, Bryce Young to the Bears. Fuck that. Ah. Yeah. I, um, but I'm feeling it. If <clears throat> Justin Fields, as as Russ Landy said on our on on our uh, Scott Talk show a couple years ago, a couple um, weeks ago, years ago, years go by when I'm studying film, is that uh, is that you want to see Justin Fields hopefully sell the idea of that possibility that they really do want Young and that he's got to compete with them so that they can get that they can get some compelling. Um, you know, assets in return for that first round pick. Um, but to me, if I were a GM, if I were GM of the Bears, I would much rather get fired for not taking um, Bryce Young and Justin Fields not working out <clears throat> after loading up the team with good with good talent. Um, ah, I feel that. You, you know, and loading up the team with good talent around him because he made progress. And while Bryce Young, maybe Bryce Young turns into the next montana breeze-esque shorty short guy who can kind of move around and 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 place the ball really well and buy time and and also play with a lot of efficiency and maybe that's all a, a part of his game i think he's a good young prospect I, right now my grade is probably similar to how i graded tug and burrow in terms of the range of grade that he's going to have so he's a good prospect um and i definitely had him great i have graded higher than what i had justin fields but I like Justin Fields, and I think where he's headed, the idea of you dumping that by the side of the road is just unbelievably foolish at this stage. But selling the idea that you're going to do it, and especially with being the Bears and and the, the history of them being unbelievably foolish, you you hope that they people bite that and re, and believe it. To tie this all together, young quarterbacks on rookie contracts, surround them with some talent. Spend on that. Works out well, Bears. Give it a try. Okay, uh, one more. Uh, The college all-star games, worthwhile? Yes, no, feeling fucking what? They're they're worthwhile networking opportunities. They're great for teams because they get to interview the players. Um, They get to do some specific things that maybe they want to see the player work out and do um, to a degree. But, and for media, again, media, it's a great networking opportunity, get to meet people, hang out, have a good time. Um, But in terms of practice, um, you know, to be honest with you, I'll be back to cover them. I'll continue to talk about what to look for and what not to look for practices down the line. Um, But if I'm being, you know, abundantly honest, fuck the practices, they're not that worthwhile. Um, you, you know, unless you're going to study the tape all night long afterwards, which I tend to do, but even then, <clears throat> it's minimal. You get get some get the all, get some film. Go to YouTube if you want to check out the film. That's going to help you a whole hell of a lot more than what you're going to get in practice. Um, unless you're looking for one caveat, will be wide receiver press release drills for wide receivers and tight ends. Um, there's like a handful of drills like that that are kind of worthwhile. Um, but it's, you know, you're talking about like three needles in a haystack. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't go, so I I don't know. Someone was asking me about this uh, earlier today. I thought it was interesting anyway. Uh, so there you have it, people. Feel it or fuck it. Uh, by the way, Kellen Moore looks like he's heading to Los Angeles to uh, 
run the offense there now that he's parted ways with the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll see where that ends up. Uh, I'm kind of feeling Justin Herbert because I want that discount. You know me, Matt. I'm a cheapskate. Ah! Ah! Come on, people. Get happy. That's Parker's family reference. Go look it up. Okay. Bye. Love you. Love you.